This is a Dynamite Network podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Max Destruction Podcast, a very special episode as we are celebrating Valentine's Day just a couple of days early. Uh, unfortunately, I have to leave before that, which is not an uncommon occurrence for my guests. Uh, I kind of teased it last week when we talked about who's going to be coming up and I am delivering it. So welcome to the podcast, my wife, Lindy. Hello. Hello. That's that's right, folks. She is real. Um I told you, uh, and she is not AI made up, uh, which is good. Uh, I'm real. <laughs> yes. Um, so I figured this would be a fun event for most of my audience because they've seen how I am with my father, who has a very eclectic way of doing it, and I figured it would be about as awkward and as funny for the rest of the audience uh, for you to be here, honey. So uh, – why don't you tell them about yourself and why you decided to pick me for Valentine's Day? Um, well, I am a Gen Xer. Um, <laughs> I um, grew up single mom, only child, wanted to have a big family, and um, then I met my husband and he has a small family. <laughs> um, and uh, we have two great children. Uh, the reason why I picked him is he makes me laugh, has always made me laugh. Um, in fact, we were joking around one day and as he was bringing me home from work and I was laughing and said, I love you. And that was the first time it was said and got very quiet in the car <laughs> and uh, thought, Boy, I just scared him away, but no, he decided to stick around and we've been together for whew, a bit, almost 17 years now. Yes. Um, so if, if you, I think I've made mention, but my wife's slightly, slightly older than I am. Just so a little bit. She's, she's in a, in a slightly different age bracket and generation bracket. Um, however, that does not give her any advantage when it comes to Absolutely say not. my <laughs> podcast, uh, because uh, she did not sit around and watch movies, uh, when she was growing up, uh, she actually went out and did things, um, which is probably why I enjoy dragging her into things because I get to drag her into my fandoms. Um, and then she gets to look at me and go, you're, you're dumb. Why, why are you even doing this? But, uh, it, it's quite all right. All right, honey. So. The way I normally run my podcast is we'll we'll go over last week's uh, weekly audience matchup, and then we'll kind of talk through. Well, we, uh, my newest co-host Francis, uh, will actually kind of break things down, which I can't wait to for you. Well, actually, you did hear him, so mm-hmm. you were one of the first ones too, and it's it's uncanny how how much he sounds a lot like a, a certain actor uh, that is not. That, uh, I, part that of it. I actually met 
one time. Yes. Many, many years she, ago. She did. Um, so she was able to bless off on the fact that it did, in fact, sound like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's no non-attributional. Uh, so don't don't stress about that, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be in any legal trouble, at least for that. Um, so, yeah, we'll have uh, Francis go ahead and introduce himself. Francis. Max Destruction fans, I am here to inform you that Geo is no longer with us. Unfortunately for him, certain debts came due. Let's be fair, though. His heart wasn't really in this business. As a result, I am now going to be bringing you a more honest, and some might even say classy perspective as the new third host of this program. Ken, if you know what is good for you, you will look the other way on this. Be seeing you. Well, that was very inappropriate and rude. Uh, the co-host right now is, is definitely not an idiot. Uh, uh, <laughs> she picked me, which I don't know if that says more about her uh, or me. So, um, All right, sweetheart. So for last week's weekly audience match, it was actually a character that Scotty, my newest co-host, uh, brought up a I can honestly say I had never heard of before, uh, which was Tonda from um, Caveman, which was actually George Harrison vehicle, the Beatles, uh, played by the same guy that played Ogre uh, in Revenge of the Nerds. Uh-huh. And I doubt that you've watched it if I have watched it. But I have we, not. We can go ahead and break that down. So... Without further ado, wham. Wham. That's right, folks. She she also sways to the music, so it's it is not just me. Um, so she's now seen the picture. Uh, she knows who Ogre is because she has watched Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, he's also in one of my favorite movies, Bloodsport, as the American guy that ends up getting crushed by a big Chinese dude. Um, so I've got a few comments. The caveman from the Geico commercials, it seems rather small, but okay. Um, Zed, which is Jack Black in year one, definitely not. Uh, but this one is of, of serious note. Uh, Brendan Fraser's character from Encino Man. Oh, yes. Uh, extra points if you remember what his name is. Uh, I have, do not remember his name. <sighs> sad. Just sad. Days. You're going to say it and I'm going to go, oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you let it let it percolate for a little bit. Maybe you'll maybe you'll drop on it. Um, so great stuff. Uh, that is from the Instagrams. Let me pull that. And those were both from John Strosky. So great, only in slight terms. Um, we all know he's not exactly uh, the best at picking things. That's why his podcast, Console Combat, eh, it's not bad. Um, as far as our Facebook, we had the Camacho brothers actually fighting back and forth. Okay, so from the Facebook group, uh, George of the Jungle, Hercules, the rock version, which neither of us watched, Tarzan, Conan, and probably my favorite from Scotty's twin brother, Fred Flintstone. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you've watched at least three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the picture, who do you think would probably be a good matchup for that? No, I think the Encino Man. I really do. Uh-huh. Link. Link, Link is his name. Right. See, Link, the, the missing Link. That's, missing that's why Link. we have that. Yep. All right. So 
Uh, just like I do with all the rest of my guests, I did not tell Lindy that she was going to be picking this next week's Wham, so she gets to think of that uh, as we go through and then come up with a great answer. Um, she really is just here for the soundtrack, folks, honestly. <laughs> um, getting into that, though, it's a Valentine's Day uh, edition, so I figured two heartthrobs from the late 80s, early 90s in Lisa from Weird Science and Hollywood from Cool World would be a great matchup. Because of that, we do what's known as the tale of the cocoa butter, Francis. On Max Destruction, the hosts use a semi-idiotic method called the tale of the cocoa butter as a clever device to provide character backstories, much like Rogan does at the UFC. The hosts go through their respective characters' backgrounds, abilities, and equipment to provide the best possible description for the listeners. If these guys were to just use your run-of-the-mill standards, they couldn't really claim to be an action character podcast, could they? All right, so because I am so nice and also I gave her the choice because she'd never seen Cool World to pick... Uh, her character, and she wisely picked Lisa from Weird Science. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll reserve my comments till the end, but I'll let her go ahead and break her down. Go ahead, sweet. So Lisa is a character from the 1985's Weird Science. Uh, she was played by Kelly LeBrock. She's got medium-length brown, curly, wavy, beautiful hair. She's absolutely beautiful. Um, and she shows up on the scene with a nice big explosion uh, with these little blue panties and a cut off white short t-shirt um, and uh, just these guys are completely <laughs> taken aback by her. Um, she uh, it was really hard to find information as far as powers or, you know, the best description that I found that I really like was she was a genie. So kind of every wish is her command um, for these boys, which of course is, you know, every, every schoolboy's dream. Um, right, babe? Just schoolboys. Yep. <laughs> um, she has uh, omnipotence. So she's all knowing about what's going on and, um, and how to handle situations. And, uh, they also, uh, said that she's technopathic, which is she can control technology. Um, so, but I think Jeannie is the best description because, you know, she changes, uh, the brother into this pile of shit monster. <laughs> I always thought of him as like a, like a far a frog farting gross like a toad toad exactly um but yeah she can manipulate people and things and uh technology and um but she uses all her powers for good so uh i i really like that but um yeah one of my favorite favorite movies uh growing up so Okay, so some trivia on this. Uh, Kelly Emberg, who was the Sports Illustrated model of the year for that year, was originally cast mm -hmm. um, as Lisa. 
Demi Moore and Robin Wright also auditioned for the part, which very interesting. I didn't really know that. Um, of course, Robert Downey Jr. plays one of the bad guys. Yes. Um, and then Bill Paxton is Gary's brother, who then turns into the shit monster. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious. Um, one of the most underrated uh, sci-fi actors is Bill Paxton. He's not only fought Terminators and Aliens and Predators, but he also was in John Hughes movies, which that was the other trivia. It's like, no one really thinks of Weird Science as a John Hughes movie for my generation growing up because yeah. John Hughes for us was Home Alone and right. Uncle Buck. You know, no one really thinks, well, oh, yeah, John Hughes, you know, 16 Candles and mm-hmm. St. Elmo's Fire and also your favorite, The Breakfast Club. Oh, love The Breakfast Club. Yes. Yes. Um, John Hughes' documentary about uh, his. Uh, filmography uh, said that the whole point of uh, Lisa was to be Mary Poppins with bo- Mary Poppins with boobs. Yes, uh, which I, I think is. I did read somewhere where they talked about the fact that they wanted to make her boobs bigger, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but then decided to size it down to a C because of uh, yeah they didn't want. It wasn't allowed or something to have yeah, uh, such a voluptuous woman. L, L cups was the original size yes. for that. Um, and I think that I, in the movie, they were like, yeah, it's just too big. But I think it was honestly because they couldn't find a woman that looked normal-ish uh, yeah. for that uh, time. So, all right, sweetie. Uh, well, thank you for breaking down, Lisa. Um, I figured you'd, you'd get a kick out of that. Also, Kelly LeBrock in... Um, out for justice, Steven Seagal movie where she met Steven Seagal and they were married for a while and that didn't end very well. But that is where I met Kelly LeBrock before I actually watched weird science, which is funny that I watched Steven Seagal movies before I watched a John Hughes movie, you know how I was brought up. So it's not a shock. Yes, I'm sure. Yes. Okay. So her opponent while I thought that this was a great matchup, probably should have asked you about it because this is really just when I'm thinking computers and a woman that seems to be able to do anything. I thought of Hollywood, uh, which was in the 1992 movie Cool World, uh, played by Kim Basinger. Mm. Um, I figured these two things, you know, she was a cartoon, seemed to, like in my memory of the movie, was kind of able to do everything that Lisa was um, actually, but when I went through it again, I was like, you know, not at all. Uh, this is probably not a great fight at all, but you know, we, we go with it here. Uh, even though I, I, I picked the, uh, we'll call her the dark horse of this fight. It's a, it's a long shot, but we're, we're all here for the, for the underdog. So Hollywood is the main antagonist in Ralph Bakshi's ninth animated feature film, cool world. Now, interesting aside about that, I did not know. So he was the one that did Fritz the Cat, which was the very first X-rated animated movie ever done in 1972. He also made The Lord of the Rings, the one that everybody loved before the newer ones came out. The kind of animated. I remember watching that when I was a kid. So he was the one that did that and then these movies, which very, very different styles, but also very interesting. 
so she is a doodle, which is what the cartoons were called, uh, inhabitant of Cool World. Uh, also kind of like the beginnings of some of the movies that you saw later on. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, of course, was on the Disney side of this idea. Uh, Monkey Bone, which is another Brendan Fraser movie, came out in the 2000s, all kind of played off of this. Uh, but she wants to be a real woman living in the real world, and she w- is willing to resort to anything uh, without hesitation to make her dreams come true, even if, me- if it means killing people to earn it. Now, I had thought that you hadn't probably watched this because of the title actor, which was Brad Pitt. I may have. I think I did, but it was not that uh, interesting for me. I, I'm sure it wasn't like high up on your list, but... Yeah. It, it was like right after Thelma and Louise. So like Never Brad seen Pitt. That. Oh, I, <laughs> what have I done wrong? Okay. So maybe the next time we have her on, she'll, she'll, we'll do that fight of Thelma versus Louise, which would be kind of funny. Um, so Hollywood first appears dancing in a club during Jack's first arrival in the doodle sketch of Jack's drawings. Now Jack is actually played by Gabriel Byrne, uh, who, went on to play some of the like most evil characters you'd ever met, but mm-hmm. he, he was seen to be like the evil, evil guy, uh, but not so much. Um, it's immediately apparent that this is not a kid's movie. Uh, she is very scantily clad. Uh, she is drinking and smoking and basically giving lap dances to any humans that show up because the only way that she can turn human in this world is if she has sex with a human. Uh, because of course, and now it's now starting to make sense to her why I watched this movie when I was younger. <laughs> uh, she frequents nightclubs, sporting revealing outfits. And the only other man in the world was the policeman, Frank Harris, played by uh, Brad Pitt, um, who is actually what they call annoyed, which is a real person. Uh, due to her constant attempts of bringing other human men into the cool world, there's an unspoken rule that noids and doodles are never supposed to consummate their marriages. Uh, Frank is constantly dealing with Holly's insatiable want to become human. Uh, Despite appearances, Holly is manipulative, immoral, and sometimes spoiled doodle woman whose main goal is to become a real woman and find the legendary spike of power. And she only knows about this because what she had heard of a guy named Vegas Vinny, which this was the other reason why this movie kind of called out to us, is we met in Las Vegas is where I grew up. Um, so this was filmed outside of Reno and that's what they thought Vegas was for the longest time was like three casinos and just really terrible trailer parks. It's close to what Vegas is, but it's not, it wasn't exactly that, uh, union Plaza, which we actually used to go down to the union Plaza area where Fremont street, Mm -hmm. um, was where, this powerful spike was now she is able to trick Gabriel Burns character who believes he's actually drawing all this, uh, world, uh, himself. Um, obviously that's not the case, but he's able to pretty easily trick or she is able to pretty easily trick him because well, he's an idiot and she is a very smoking hot version of the animated film. Right. Um, her character is modeled off of Betty Boop and Jessica rabbit. Uh, which kind of makes sense. Uh, of course, she's able to fool Jack into sleeping with her. She becomes a human, Kim Basinger, um, who I hadn't seen up until that point other than in Batman, where she was Vicky Vale. To me, Kelly LeBrock definitely way hotter. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, in in this, uh, so <laughs> uh, basically, the the end of the film results in her becoming a cartoon again. She actually is able to get the the spike, but she's fought and uh, ultimately vanquished. Where then she actually becomes what she does not want to be, which is basically old and ugly and having kids. Because at that time, that was just terrible. Right uh, in the early nineties. Um, and that is about it for the their breakdowns. Now, normally, uh, we would run into our simulation, which Francis would now be going over. But because of it's Valentine's Day, and I only argue with my wife for sport, not for entertainment. <laughs> um, I don't think we're going to do a fight. Rather, I'd like to hear about when you first saw Weird Science. Oh, geez. I was probably... Hmm. Probably a mid-teen ish. Um, and I um yeah, I kinda I thought she was pretty hot. And I <laughs> um I, I loved the movie. I love you know, my favorite part is when oh geez, Anthony Michael Hall's character gets drunk. <laughs> And is singing the, the blues to Lisa. club. Yeah. And he don't even have a license, Lisa. I just, I love that movie. And I, and of course, again, with all of the eighties movies, um, Anthony Michael Hall was in all of them. And I think that was, uh, I think the first movie that I watched of him, that he wasn't such a nerd. He was kind of cu- coming out of that nerdy phase and, filling out and kind of cute. And, um, of course, Chet was a total ass, but he was, <laughs> it was Bill Paxton. Pretty hot. Day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah, that was, that was my first time seeing it and, um, not in the theaters cause you know, I was too young for that when it first came out. Um, but, yeah, it is one of it is one of my my all time eighties favorite movies, and I can't wait to share that with our girls. Um, but so I, I I remember the film for obvious reasons, um, <laughs> but I think half naked Kelly LeBrock. Well, yeah, it helped. Um, but my favorite part of the movie actually had nothing to do with that. Was the end party sequence when she brings a Russian nuclear missile oh, through the yes. house. Uh, and then the biker guys from hell show up and mm-hmm. it is one is the original bad guy from commando uh, who plays uh, Bennett. Who's like this Australian British giant dude and his like biker mama uh, like, on his back and then the big bald guy from the original Hills have eyes, like one of the original mutant guys. Um, and then at the end of the party, they're like, Oh, we're really sorry about all, all of this. And he's uh-huh. like, I, I really hope you don't tell anybody. Cause you know, I, I teach elementary school. <laughs> uh, and it, it's such a reversal. And I mean, uh, obviously the film's about, you know, be careful what you wish for. Uh, and it was done in the 80s. So it was, everything was larger than life. 
I love the blue kitchen and the grandparents <laughs> frozen. frozen in time, <laughs> um, which is one of the main reasons. And this is purely because for me, I don't want to be destroyed completely in a speculation, but the fact that Lisa can freeze time and do whatever she wants really kind of begs the question. There's anybody that would go up against her, but I'd be willing to entertain thoughts later. Um, at this point, we do what's called the destruction spectrum, which Francis can talk about. It's time for the destruction spectrum, or as I like to call it, collateral damage that makes just a modicum of sense. Here, the hosts take the character's destruction potential and rate it on a scale of one to five. To put it bluntly, it's how much collateral damage they can cause before the National Guard has to step in be it a barroom brawl or a world-ending nuclear holocaust, the hosts will persevere and provide you with this valuable information because, let's face it, this is why you're here. So you've heard the the podcast before. Uh, Funnily enough, you usually listen to it with our girls. Um, We've also been featured on the podcast. Yes. um, If these two were to have gotten into a fight, in normal neighborhood in Manhattan, how on a scale of one to five, which is one like a normal bar fight to world ending catastrophe. Do you, where do you think that would run? One. Like it would just be a bar fight. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that Holly has a, has a fighting chance in hell. Oh no, not at all. But you know, I think I, I would only agree with you only the fact that Holly probably doesn't fight very much, but she's also a cartoon. So it's not like she'd be hurt by anything. No, that's true. But, and she also, I obvious she's, she is the bad guy. Like she's the villain. She has, you know, by all means wants to win, wants, you know, by murder or whatever, <laughs> as you said, to just become human, I think that she would she would either fight her or try to get her on her side and help change her into a human. Which I think would be great hijinks. It would, yeah. it would be a great evil body cop movie in the 80s, I think. Um, for me, it's more like a four, because I feel like Lisa, if she really just let it go, it would blow up the world and it would be over. And True. then she'd just restart it. Um, so I, I, I think that's, it, it could go either way. You know, I don't think these two are going out to get their nails done and talk about, you know, no. life choices probably. I don't think Lisa has the patience for any of that. No, no, not likely. All right, guys. So the winner, as discussed before, uh, actually was not put out during the episode, uh, cause I felt just terrible about it. Uh, the winner of course is Lisa, uh, 989 times. 989 times to 11 for Hollywood. That's 989 to 11 for Hollywood. Um, All right, sweetie. So before we actually get out of here and I I describe my next week's back with with Scotty, we actually do have next week's Wham. Wham. All right, so you had all episode, and I promise, guys, I did not give her a heads up. who would you like to see my audience have to come up with an opponent for? My favorite. 
me. You, of course. No. <laughs> My second favorite. Uh-huh. Um, I would have to say super sweet, nice guy. Um, we have met him. Uh, the actor, anyway. I was going to say, so you can't keep describing me. I know, right? Um, Mr. Zachary Levi as Shazam, <laughs> I think would be fun. I love that character, 12-year-old kid and adult body trying to figure out life. Um, but yeah, he would be, I think he'd be kind of fun to, to see take on somebody. Uh, you know what? It's funny. I didn't really think about that. Um, I was thinking you'd probably pick somebody from movies that you actually watch, which she and I do watch movies together. Promise. I was um, going to say, I have watched it. <laughs> um, but Zach Levi definitely was one of the cooler people we'd met. Uh, it was one of our first comic cons that we had gone together with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was right and, before Shazam came out. Sat and talked with him for like 20 minutes. Like yeah, he, was he was great. Super cool. So, all right, guys, that means that Zach Levi Shazam, uh, Captain Marvel, the real Captain Marvel, uh, will be fighting. Uh, and go ahead and drop it on our social medias uh as as well as let us know how this episode went we're we're kind of flirting with different ideas huh, flirting valentine's day see <laughs> i got the pun in there um with with new content uh and we're also maybe going to be dropping some video content here soon um pretty excited about that uh, nice nice to have scott camacho around to kind of keep pushing the boundaries of what i'm allowing him to do um well, babe, I think that about does it for your first podcast. How do you feel like it went? I think it went really well. I, I hope it went really well. Um, definitely felt pretty comfortable. So definitely way better looking uh, opponent than I, I, I ever usually get. So this is a plus side for me. Um, yes, I, I would agree. And I, I'm not just saying that. Uh Guys, thank you for listening. Uh, this, again, is Valentine's Day. So if at this point you have not gotten your spouse or significant other something, uh, you are in super trouble. The plus side is this drops at like 1 a.m. on Valentine's Day. So you still have a chance to go and fix it. Um, and uh, regardless if she says she doesn't want anything or not, just, just, get, go, her something. just go get her something because you'll never hear the end of it. Not speaking from experience. Uh, with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and let you go, and I'm going to enjoy uh, uh, my night with my wife. Uh, and she's giving me the yeah laundry and stuff. Yep. Um, but thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.